In this episode of the Sideline Hustle podcast, we sit down with the head football coach of Don Bosco Prep, former Seattle Seahawks quarterback, and Rutgers legend Mike Teal. Mike finished with an undefeated 23-0 record as a starting quarterback at Don Bosco Prep in high school, winning two state championships before attending Rutgers University, where he became one of the greats. Mike was a three-year starter and finished his career at Rutgers as the all-time leader in career passing yards and second in career passing touchdowns. He also holds the all-time single season and single game records in passing yards and passing touchdowns. In the 2009 NFL Draft, he was selected in the sixth round by the Seattle Seahawks. Mike has pretty much experienced it all in football. After a playing career that led him all the way to the NFL, he has since built a coaching resume with stops at every level, from Division III to Division I AA and one year as a graduate assistant at Rutgers. In 2015, Mike returned to his almost mater Don Bosco Prep is the offensive coordinator and helped lead the program to its 15th state championship that season. And currently, Mike is in the middle of his first season as the head football coach at Don Bosco. It's going to be awesome that you provided this. Is a, you have a really cool perspective on kind of all three levels of what we're talking about. As a, a top recruit getting recruited, really good college football player, a Division One college football coach, and now a big-time high school coach. Yeah, and I mean, from the college perspective, I coached at a D3 school. I coached at a right. 1AA school. I coached at a 1A school. Yep. And, and now I'm coaching high school, so right. I just kind of see it from, see from every angle. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Mike Teal, head football coach at Don Bosco Prep, former quarterback for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and the Seattle Seahawks. What else was I supposed to say? And say you, you're, you were listening to the Sideline Hustle. All right. I can, I can piece it together, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All right. This is the Sideline Hustle. I love it. Everybody, this is your host Drew Lieberman. What up? This is Gary Nova, your everyday quarterback, and you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. Here's two guys: one guy who coached in yeah. the Big Ten, and one guy who played in the Big Ten, talking about their experiences. And I'm like, you did do a good job of getting rid of the football. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I got rid of it to other teams. Right, right, but like, right, right, right. Right, right, right. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach So I guess just start with your football journey Where, where you looked at school-wise and then up at Rutgers and, and your whole coaching journey So r- really it starts back coming out of 8th grade And leaving my hometown and going to Don Bosco Prep And what Don Bosco Prep was gonna do for me opportunity-wise So I left my hometown, we had a really good team growing up. We won the championship every year, fourth, sixth, eighth grade. We were a great basketball team. So I, I made the decision to leave, uh, end up at Bosco, go through the recruiting process. Quarterback in front of me ended up going and playing at Cal, full scholarship quarterback, Steve mm-hmm. Levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm stuck behind Steve. I want to transfer after my sophomore year because I want to play, or during my sophomore year because I want to play. Uh, end up staying, staying around. I start my junior and senior year. We win two state championships. Uh, we go 23-0, and I uh, start to get recruited. Junior year, I played really well. I uh, went through the camp circuit going into my junior year, and then after the season of, my, of, of junior year, going into senior year summer, I uh, had a bunch of offers and, uh, and committed July 4th going into my senior year. When was your first offer? Uh, third game of my, of my junior, okay, season. junior season. Yeah, so I, I played those first two games. We played Bergen Catholic in the third game. Beat him 49-16, I think it was. 
uh, threw two touchdown passes and uh, got an offer that that Monday. From where? From Rutgers. From Rutgers. They were the first, they were the first ones. ones. That's yeah. cool. What made you choose Rutgers? Part was the depth chart. Can't lie about that because they had one quarterback on on scholarship that was that had ever played. He was a three year starter. Or he ended up being a four year starter. I beat him out. Mm-hmm. Um, part was Cociano's vision. Part was staying home so my family could see it. You know, just where you get you, a. Where'd you have gone if not Rutgers? Probably Penn State. Yeah. Penn State or Michigan State. I, I like BC, but the coach didn't really like me. Um, and they also had Matt Ryan, so it wasn't a great yeah, fit. Right. Um, I, I did like Virginia and Al Grove, but he got fired, so that mm-hmm. wasn't an option. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would it, it probably would have been Michigan State or, or Penn State. I mean, Penn State came in back in to the recruiting process real late, probably like three, four days before signing day. Joe Paterno really? showed up and was like, you know, we got a spot. Wow. We want to take you. This and that. They had had a quarterback committed for four months already. So did he decommit or something? No, nah, he. They were just wanted to take two. Oh, right. You gotcha. know, nah, I guess they didn't really like him. I mean, he ended up playing a lot for him. Yeah. But uh, so he, there's there's a bunch of different thoughts and feelings and why, and you do some research and you know, just at that time it was if they could get it going a little bit, it'd be a great fit. And yeah. fortunately for me, Syracuse fired Pascaloni and Ray Rice and and. Uh, Courtney Green came to Rutgers wow. instead of Syracuse, so wow. pretty good timing. And the rest is history. Yeah, I'd say so. That's unreal. Yeah. And so obviously you were a great player at Rutgers, had a great career, played in the league for a little bit. Like, talk to me about kind of where you went after Rutgers and what that journey's been like. Yeah, it was interesting. So, I, I mean, I, I go through my career at Rutgers. I, I was fortunate I started for three years. Uh, going into my senior year, have a, a mid to – early to mid round grade on me preseason. I had a really good junior year, uh, threw for a lot of yards. Going to my senior season, we start 0 and five or one and five. Uh, so going through kind of the whole trying to dig ourselves out of one and five. We ended up winning seven in a row, but through that first five games my stock plummeted. So I ended up being a, a late round to free agent grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get invited to the combine. Went out to Arizona to train, uh, get ready for pro day. So went out there for six weeks, trained, did all that stuff, came back, uh, ended up getting drafted by the Seahawks in the sixth round, ended up in Seattle my first year, uh, basically made the team through training camp. Uh, me and, and the third string quarterback competed for the third, the num- number three job. Yeah. I ended up beating him out. Midway through the season, I was competing for the two job. Uh, my that's, when, that's when Hasselbeck was a starter? Hasselbeck was a starter. Seneca Wallace was the uh, number two. Who was the head coach? Uh, Jim Moore. Jim Moore. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was there with, with Jim Moore. Greg Knapp was the OC, yeah. who uh, was the OC back uh, with Mike Vick in right, Atlanta right. with uh, Steve Young and Terrell Owens in San Francisco. Did you, did you learn a lot from him? I feel like you used to tell me. Yeah, more than any other coach I've ever been around, yeah. from quarterback play, from, from offensive play. Yeah, his system was what I had done in college. I was I was familiar with it, but just the, the intricacies of, of the reads and the progressions and, and defenders and seeing defenders and getting through progressions with defenders, all that right. stuff was pretty good. And then, so you were in the league for what, three years total? Mm-hmm. And then worked on Wall Street for a little bit. Yeah, so you go from, before I worked on Wall Street, I started coaching, you know, so I, I, finished, right. I finished playing, got caught in a lockout with a free agent. Right. You're making league minimum as a rookie, which is 390 grand, and you go from that to to going to coach. So I, I I ended up working out and training through the lockout. Didn't get a call, so I said I'm going to go start and coach. Uh, I went to a D3 school. I volunteered and mm-hmm. did it for free, uh, just to really see if I wanted to do it, see if I wanted to coach. 
from there, I got hired as a quarterback coach at Wagner College, and yep. I was making like twelve grand full time <laughs> coach. My car payment was twelve grand. <laughs> so now, what am I going to do? Um, so I ended up leaving, and I went to Wall Street because there was some money there. Right. Uh, did and well. You just got that through connections, like people you know. Yeah, I just called a Rutgers yeah. grad, I played golf with them, and three weeks later, I had a job. Um, That's awesome. You know, didn't have a business degree or anything like that. It's, connection this life man I and mean, when you work when, when you go to Rutgers and you live around here and you got that city right there it makes it makes life a yeah, lot easier not for sure you know um so so I did that for a little while and, and realized that's not what I was going to do forever I did it for the for the money I did it for the wrong reasons so mm -hmm. I did it for a little while uh ended up getting out got back into coaching and that's that's when I ended up at Rutgers and I met you down there it was a wild time down there yeah. we were together for we were together for a year Mm -hmm. Right, and then you left to take the OC at Bosco, and then they promoted me to take your job, which yeah, worked out well for both the of longest us. year of my life. I Dude, can tell you that much. <laughs> we were, I was with camp, we were talking about 2014 was like brutal, but I'll never forget. There's so much that year I'll never forget. It was fun, it was fun working with Coach Freeze. We had a good group of guys, we uh, did, and man. we were good that year. We were eight and right. five in the Big Ten. That was a fun season, man. Yeah, tell me, give me your best GA story right now, anything, related to anything, but you want to tell one story. My, uh, there's there's twofold. The, the best GA story about being a GA and, and getting guys to play for you is GA, you run the scout team. You know, right. your your job, like your your pride and joy is a scout team. So we're working there and, and we're trying to watch film. I forget who we were playing. It was it was our first year in the Big Ten. It was, it was either Ohio State or... Uh, Someone like maybe Michigan State and our scout team defensive line sucks. And I mean they suck. <laughs> it was Michigan State because Michigan State was like six seven, six six, All six four, guys, yeah. and six seven. And we had like five eight. And and Ralph is just killing us. So so Sam has this idea, why don't we give these guys candy for whomever makes a good play? So Norris ends up going out and buying a whole bunch of candy for us. We had those playing so hard for a <laughs> Snickers bar. Yeah. I was like, guys, it's a damn Snickers right. bar. You got training table upstairs. You can eat anything, anything you, you want. want. And they just play their ass off for the Snickers bar. It was awesome. You guys yeah. ended up doing a great job with the scout team that year. We, we had you it down. Did. He was doing a front seven. I was doing yeah. a back end. You know, so I feel like for, you had a good group of kids. We did. I mean, all those right. kids are starting now. Saquon and... and um, yeah, and, Kai, and Kai, Kai was redshirting, um, so he was there. Isaiah Warren. Isaiah was with him. Um, you guys had a stud it was, it, was a, yeah. it was a good group. I would sleep in the facility in, in the back of a room where it was really dark and cold. <laughs> and my air mattress had a hole in it. So it would start full. And by <laughs> now, again, you get three hours of sleep. Right. So at 4 a.m. it would be full or 3 a.m. it would be full. By 6 a.m. my ass would be laying yeah. on the ground on the hard <laughs> ground every day. And I had no money or no time to go get a new one. Because by the time right. we finished up, Walmart was closed no at 11 o'clock. No so doubt. I had no time. I did that for like three weeks. It was the most miserable thing I've ever Dude, remember done. remember when you slept on the couch and you got the shit all over your face? Because uh, everyone and their mother slept dude, on that couch. hadn't been washed since when I was in school. <laughs> that was so gross. Yeah, that was, that was very bad judgment. I don't want to yeah. get about your problems, nah, nah. We are
And that's all we've got for episode seven of the Sideline Hustle podcast. If you want to learn more about Mike Teal or get in touch with him directly, visit thesidelinehustle.com. Stay tuned for another episode coming out this Monday as we sit down with former Boston College recruiting coordinator and former Notre Dame defensive back Leo Farine. If you've enjoyed the podcast thus far, keep spreading the word and help us get our name out there. Everyone can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sideline Hustle and can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Right now, I barely have enough time to produce each episode. All my energy and focus is going into coaching the wide receivers here at Wesleyan, but we are balling right now. Our top receiver has 36 catches in three games and leads the entire country in receptions per game, while our quarterback has completed over 70% of his passes thus far this season. These kids are giving us everything they've got every day in practice, and we got to continue to coach them as hard as we possibly can as we make our run at a NESCAC championship. If you're interested in following us the rest of the season or want to see highlights from any of the games, just visit Wesleyan Football TV com and everything you need is right there thank you guys for tuning in the sideline hustle podcast will be back next week I got